And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Now notice verse number 11. The greatest verse in the Bible concerning the birth of Christ. For unto you is born, and if you have a pencil or a pen, circle these two words and say it with me. For unto you is born this day. Say that with me together. This day. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And I love verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, look at verse 14, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Come back to verse number 11. For under you is born, said with me, this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And when I read that verse, that little phrase, this day just broke out in the passage. This day, this spot in time, a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is born. It's as though the Holy Spirit through the angel is reminding us there's something special about this day. There's something about this day that always needs to be remembered. Probably the greatest day in the history of mankind is when God through the person of Jesus Christ came into this world. Now, there are three things in this passage I want you to see just by the way of introduction. Number one, I want you to see the place. It was so important that the Holy Spirit emphasized the place. There is born unto you this day in the city of David. Why did the Holy Spirit through the angel just make that so Memorable, this place, the city of David, Bethlehem. Well, the Hebrew word Bethlehem literally means the house of bread. If you remember the story in the gospel, I call it the gospel of Ruth. An Old Testament gospel picture. Ruth is married to Abimelech and the Bible said there came a famine in the land of Bethlehem. So they left the land of bread, and you know the story. They went to Moab, and tragedy after tragedy came to this woman by the name 
of Naomi. But when she heard that the Lord had visited his people, and now there is bread in Bethlehem, she leaves the land of Moab and comes to Bethlehem, and the Bible said it was the beginning of the barley harvest. And it was in that very city that four generations later, King David is born. And God prophesied, listen to this, from the house of bread and the throne of David, the Savior Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life and who is the King of every King and the Lord of every Lord, would make his earthly appearance the first time in Bethlehem, the city of David, the birthplace of the king and the house of bread. And I just stop and say only God can write a book like the Bible. And I'm glad he is the bread of life. And I'm glad he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So he talks about the place, the city of David. And then in verse 11, he emphasizes the person. Not just anybody is born. Not another Moab, not another David, not another Abraham, not another Noah. But notice the person that he emphasizes. There is born unto you this day in the city of David. And I love these following descriptions. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The person that was born is the one that we celebrate. We don't celebrate the city of Bethlehem. We don't celebrate the manger. We celebrate the person that was born. And in that one verse, you have a threefold picture or a threefold title of this person. There is born unto you this day, number one, Savior. Why in the world did man need a Savior? Because he is a sinner by birth and by nature and by choice. I've often said it so much, and I don't want to be repetitious, but it bears repeating. That man's problem was not legal, so God didn't send a lawyer. Man's problem was not physical, so he didn't send a doctor. Man's problems was not agriculture, so he didn't send a farmer. Man's problems was not financial, so he didn't send a banker. Man's problem was not mental. He didn't send a psychiatrist. Man's problem was more than just a religious problem. It was a sin problem. And the only one that could take away the sin problem was the Savior, Jesus Christ. In fact, that's what the word Jesus means, Savior. And I'm glad he is the Savior. He is the only Savior. And as the songwriter said, oh, what a Savior. But it's not only born in this day, in the city of David, a Savior, but to secondly, he said, which is Christ. What in the world does that title Christ mean? Well, it means the anointed one, the chosen one. And can I remind you, the only one. And I know that in our day of wokeness, it is very unpopular for a preacher to say this. But it was true before I came along. It's true while I'm here. And a billion, zillion 
trillion years after I'm gone, it will still be true. There is one door, one way, one gospel, one Savior, one Jesus, one King, one Lord, one faith. And I'm glad his name is Jesus. Not only Savior, but Jesus Christ, the chosen Savior, the anointed Savior. And as my friend Larry R. downtown Brown would say, and ain't nobody like him. Aren't you glad he is the Savior, but he's the anointed Savior and the chosen Savior. But there's a third title given in verse 11. Not only is there born of you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, but the most important one is the last one, the Lord. If you miss that, you miss the whole foundation of the gospel. I get amused when I see signs that says, have you made Jesus Lord yet? Number one, you can't make somebody something he, that he's always been. And I have been accused of preaching lordship salvation. And the people that accuse me of that can't even identify lordship salvation. But I'll tell you what I will tell you from the word of God. Every passage in the Bible that deals with salvation in it, you'll find the lordship of Jesus Christ. For thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And by the way, the Bible says this, that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, if your definition of lordship salvation means you got to quit all your sinning before you get saved, that's not in the Bible before or during or after. But if you ask me this, does a person have to acknowledge that Jesus is the door, the only door, the way, the only way, and Lord of all? My answer is yes. The Bible said that God hath made this same Jesus both Lord and Christ. The threefold title of Christ in one verse, a Savior, the Savior of our soul. He saves us from our sin. Christ, the appointed Savior, the anointed Savior, the Christ, the only Savior. But I'm telling you, He's more than a Savior from a cross, and He's more than a miracle worker from Galilee. He is the Lord that sits high upon the throne. And so He deals with the place, and He deals with the person. Then in this text, you'll find the praise. After he announces that in the bread basket of the world, the bread of life comes, the Savior Christ, the Lord, the Bible says that suddenly they appeared in the heavens, the heavenly host of the multitude praising God. And my mind, I've tried to wonder what it sounded like that occasion when the angelic choir reverberates off of those Judean hills. I'll tell you, whatever it was, it got them shepherds stirred up. And they got to praising God. And they got to glorifying God. And I want to say, I wasn't there in that occasion. And I've never heard the stars shout and sing. And I've never heard the shepherds shout and sing. 
But I'm glad the saints of God that have received him as our personal Savior, we got something to shout about. And ladies and gentlemen, if the stars that's never known redemption, if those old shepherds that will never know New Testament Christianity as we do, could praise God that a Savior was born, how much should you and I on this side of Pentecost that understands the virgin birth, that understands the sinless life, that understands the substitutional death, that understands the resurrection from the dead, that understands Holy Spirit conviction, that understands blood-bought redemption, that understands the Christian life being born again. We ought to give Him praise and we ought to give Him the glory. Because this day, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, has come and do this world. Let me emphasize that little phrase, this day. Have you ever picked up the paper or looked at a news blog and it has this day in history? You ever seen that? This day in history. And boy, to remind you on this day, such and such happened. This day, the Wright brothers flew the first plane successfully. When I read that successfully, I want to go, They must have crashed a time or two. On this day, Pearl Harbor was bombarded. On this day, so-and-so invented so-and-so. Why, Elvis Presley has made such an impact on this world that Fox News did a whole special. On this day, Elvis joins the army. And I'm sure in our history, there are a lot of this days that's worth remembering. I believe everybody's birthday ought to be special. I believe everybody's anniversary ought to be special. I believe the day you got saved ought to be special. This day in history. Can I just tell you, this day in history is the greatest day the world has ever known. Because this day, the Savior came. This way, salvation is made available. Until this day, mankind, every soul, dreaded death and the unknown. Long lay the world in sin and every pining. But this day, hope appeared. The Savior appeared. God appeared. And the soul felt its worth. Have you ever really understood what history really means? Divide that word history into two parts. H-I-S dash story. You know what history really is? His story. Why do you think we call it B.C.? Before Christ. A.D. I know what Domino. In the year of our Lord. Of course, when the woke crowd gets through, it'll be before Clinton and after the dummy left. I don't know what they're going to do. But ladies and gentlemen, history is his story. So let me just tell you, this day in history, this day in history, all history was made when Jesus Christ appeared, God in the flesh, and made a way of salvation For you and I. Why do you think the angel through the Holy Spirit said, This day, this day, this day. What is so special about 
this day. Well, I believe I'd be safe in saying that this day was a promised day. This day just didn't happen. This day was set in motion before God laid the mud seals of this earth. Before there was ever a star, before there was ever a sun, before there was ever a planet, before there was ever one human being, God had this day in mind. In fact, you can go back to the first chapter of the, the first book of the Bible, the third chapter of the Bible, the 15th verse of the third chapter of the first book of the Bible, and this day is already promised and set in motion. And God said, I'll take enmity and I'll put it between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And a battle will ensue between those two seeds. And one day the seed of the serpent will bruise the heel of the seed of the woman. But do not despair before that battle's over. The seed of the woman will not bruise the heel, but crush and bruise the head of the seed of the serpent. This day was not a surprise to the Old Testament scholars, for they had longed for this day. They had prayed for this day. In fact, when the father of John the Baptist heard that this day was about to happen, he had him an old-fashioned shouting spell in the temple. And when that little son of God by the name of Anna held that Christ child for the first time, son, it got on in that little temple house. Because this day was not a surprise. This day was not an accident. It was promised. And when you see Noah's ark floating, it points to this day. When you see Abraham having a sacrifice, it points to this day. When you see David killing the giant, it points to this day. When you see the high priest walk into the, with the holy of holies with the blood of the sacrifice, it points to this day. This day was promised. And because of that, it was anticipated. And it was treasured by the saints of God. That's what... Man, that's what floored Mary when that angel said, He's been promised that He's coming. It's been promised that He's coming. And He's coming to you. And He's coming through you. And He's coming because of you. And she said, How in the world can somebody like me, just a handmaid, find favor? Mary, I don't know either. But I'm just glad, thank God, He came. And it was promised. I'll tell you something because of that promise. It was a promise that was treasured by the saints of God. But it was a promise that was targeted by Satan. And brother, he did everything he could to keep this day from happening. He polluted the world and God gave the flood. He tried it through the Tower of Babel and God confounded the language. All the nations were stooped in idol worship, but Abraham led out Israel. And through the Egyptian bondage and through the Assyrian and Babylonian captivity, through all of the persecution of the old prophets, even when news got out a child that was going to become the king was born, the old wicked king said, we'll just abort all the babies. But ladies and gentlemen... I know it's Christmas, but we might all just shout right here. All the attempts of the devil 
to stop the birth of that baby failed and failed big time. And can I just say this? The devil couldn't stop him from being born. The devil couldn't stop him from dying and shedding his blood. The devil couldn't stop him from arising from the grave. And the devil couldn't stop him the day he saved your soul. And the devil can't stop him when he gets on that throne. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. This day, this day, it is a promise day. God fulfilled his promises. This day was a powerful day. You say, what makes this day so powerful? Two things. Number one, the miracles of God are now on display. You say, what's a miracle? That a virgin could conceive and bring forth a son. From that miracle came all the others. The healing of the blind, the healing of the deaf, the healing of the leper, the healing of the dumb, all the... Rising from the dead, the feeding of the 5,000, walking on the water. But how many will agree with you, Pastor? The greatest of all miracles when you reach down and save sinners like us. Hallelujah. The miracles of God are on display. There's something more powerful than that. You say, what could be more powerful than the miracles of God on display? I'll tell you what can be more powerful than that. The mercy of God is now declared. Because man has tried to be forgiven since he was thrust out of the garden. And every attempt he made to be forgiven failed miserably like Satan's attempt to stop the birth of the baby. But now, God made a way in a manger. I believe I heard somebody say that last Sunday. A way out of the shackles, a way out of the darkness, a way out of our depravity. Now forgiveness is available. When Jesus laid there in that manger, God is telling the world, the price is going to be paid. The demand is going to be met. And every sinner that's born lost without God can come to Him and be saved because our forgiveness is because Christ, the forgiver, came into this world. Oh, I saw something the other day, tore me up, forgiven. Say that word with me, forgiven. You know what the root meaning of the word forgiven is? Given for. Before you can be forgiven, something's got to be given for. You know who was given for? Our forgiveness. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It is a powerful day because the miracles of God are on display and the mercy of God is declared. What a powerful day. This day a Savior is born. But it's more than promised. It was more than powerful. I believe for those who received it, I love this. It is a precious day. I believe that's why the angel through the Holy Spirit said, this day, this day, this day. You say, what is so precious about this day? I'll tell you what's precious about it. God, through Jesus, came to mankind in his sin, lost and undone and undeserving, and made a way for you and I. And you know, they say at Christmas time, we give gifts in honor of the wise men that gave gifts to Jesus. 
But on the day of the greatest gift given that day was not the gift of praise from the shepherds and not the gift of gold and myrrh and frankincense by the wise men, but the greatest gift that was given that day in Second Corinthians says, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I love what Paul said to the church at Corinth. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You think about a gift, if you earn it, it's not a gift. That's a reward. If you buy it for yourself, that's a self-gratification. But a real gift in its true form is given to somebody out of a heart of love, whether they deserve it or not. But once a gift is offered, there comes a responsibility. You have to accept that gift or reject that gift. I used to get tickled at my daddy, brother JB, every Christmas. He said, now kids, I don't want nothing for Christmas. I don't give me nothing for Christmas. I don't want nothing but your love. And I'm telling you, if JB hadn't got a gift, he'd have been the first one that had been mad about it and pouted all day long. But if a gift is really a gift, you either accept it or reject it. Can you imagine how a parent would feel if you walked up to your child, either this morning or this afternoon or, or last night, or in my case, every day, would you like this? It's for you. No, I don't want it. Would that not hurt you? Can you imagine going up to... No, I can't imagine going up to your wife, but can you imagine going up to somebody you love and say, here, this is for you. I don't want it. But that goes on in heaven every single day. God offers to whosoever will the gift of salvation and the gift of eternal life. And I'm glad some have received it and I am one of them. And I'm glad I'm not one of those that rejected it. It is a precious day. I was in the grocery store. And have you noticed the last several years, for some reason, people are saying it again. Merry Christmas. Have you noticed that? For a while, everybody seemed to be afraid of that. But it seemed like lately people are saying it more. And I'm just going to tell you up front, don't marry X me. It ain't no X. It's Merry Christmas. And, I, I, and I'm amazed even in public places in the middle of Ingalls, they're playing these songs about Christ and the gospel and salvation. A lot of times you hear a Christmas song and you don't really get a hold of the words. But whoever was singing this one had perfect diction. And I heard this man singing over the intercom at Ingalls Grocery Store. And I heard it distinctly. Listen to this. Hark now, hear the angels sing. A king was born today. And men shall live forevermore. Mm, because of Christmas Day. Brother, I just shouted right there in the middle of Ingalls and embarrassed everybody. But think of that line. And men shall live for evermore. Say that with me. And men shall live for evermore because of Christmas Day. 
It's more than because of Christmas Day, because of the one that was born on Christmas Day, that we received him as our Lord and our Savior. Because of that, he has given you and I who believe eternal life. Can I say in closing today, the greatest day of your life is when you say yes to the gift. And may I say the worst mistake you'll ever make in your life is to say no to that gift. Who do you think would believe such a thing? Well, I do. And Miss Roy, the last line of that song is the hook in it. Here's hoping to heaven you do. You want to go to heaven when you leave this world? You got to go through, not bypass the Lord Jesus Christ. There is born unto us this day, this memorial day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. The Bible said those shepherds returned to their country, praising God. You want to have a good family celebration today, go home and just shout her out. A lot of people woke up this morning from a hangover from last night. That's not a way to celebrate the birth of Christ. How do we celebrate it? We sing, hallelujah, what a Savior. And we honor him as our Lord and our soon coming king. Let's stand together, Lord, we love you.